Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 54. Today, Andrea and I are talking about speaking up for yourself. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Beth. How are you? I'm good. I was just telling you, I'll tell our audience as well, that I do have the baby in the background today. Um, For some reason, my husband keeps forgetting to look at my calendar when he makes appointments. He's the whole day off today, but he scheduled (laughs) his haircut for the exact time of podcasting. So Nice. But she's been she's been better. She doesn't like scream bloody murder now randomly, so that should that should help. That's awesome. And if she does, hey, whatever. We're moms. <laughs> That's right. So how are you doing? I'm good. It's uh well obviously it's gonna be after Christmas when you guys hear this. But um and after the New Year's when you guys hear this, but we're leading up to the week before Christmas in real life. <laughs> so so it's just, I am just not really, I'm not stressed about it, but I was like, oh, I should probably like start doing things and like write down the list of groceries I need to buy. That's about all. Now, <laughs> I need do, to... you, do you celebrate both um, Hanukkah and Christmas in your house? So funny story. Uh, yeah, we did. I did not even pull out my menorah this year. Like it just didn't even happen. I I don't know. I like the traditions and the like things around it you know what I mean so and Hanukkah was never a huge thing in our household growing up so I don't have this like attachment to it like I feel like I was always just doing it because like I felt like I should and this year Hanukkah was so early and I had a patient who was like happy Hanukkah because she knows I'm Jewish and I was like oh yeah happy Hanukkah and she's like did you light your menorah and I was like it's Hanukkah already (laughs) like totally (laughs) totally didn't even realize it it was like December 1st. Like, what the heck? And I was like, oh, I should probably pull that out tonight. And then oh, I should probably pull that out tonight. And the next thing I knew, Hanukkah was over and I had never pulled it out. <laughs> but we have a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, yeah, you are on You are on point with that. I feel like... I love Christmas trees. <laughs> I feel like there's something to be said about, like, committing to one day versus eight days. You know, yeah. that whole thing. But, you know, and it all... Yeah, if it wasn't a big tradition in your house growing up, then it's hard to make a new tradition of it when, you know, you're doing both and that kind of thing. So Yeah. I have way more, like, happy memories around, like, not that I had sad memories around Hanukkah, but, like, I have way, way more, like, memories and traditions around Christmas. Like, I think just because my parents had the day off. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Hanukkah's, you know, unfortunately just kind of shoved into whatever, yeah. you know, if it happens to fall around Christmas yeah. break or, you know, quote unquote winter break, which is really Christmas break because that's, yeah. like, you know, the national holidays. But exactly. Yeah. And my mom is born Catholic. So she had like Christian traditions and everything like that. Um, and she kind of like unofficially switched over to Judaism. And my dad is like the real Jew in the family. But he just really wasn't like my mom was more Jewish than my dad and my mom technically isn't actually Jewish. So that's how it worked in my family. But like I had a bat mitzvah and everything. So we're just super chill Jews. I love that. You know, I think it's nice to incorporate some, some traditions (laughs) and then make your own. Yeah, exactly. 
So how about you? How's your leading up to Christmas going? It's good. Um, people are, I was like, they're asking me and I'm almost every, everything's wrapped and hidden away. And, you know, Amazon Prime is amazing. We're also really trying not to do too much. You know, I don't want it to be all about the presents. I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to do, but, um, you know, we are getting her mostly things that she kind of needs anyway, like snow boots and a winter coat, like the, the nice. things that she, we have to get her anyway. And we're just wrapping them and putting under the tree. And we're still working on the finalized plans of like the activities we're going to do now that we've got three like little ones in the family. So we're finalizing all of that, but we're not going anywhere for the holidays. So it's really kind of nice to be, to know that we're just going to be home and low key. And I took off my job at the hospital for two weeks so I just have a couple home care clients that I'm gonna see and it's so I'm just feeling relaxed going into it which I feel like is not common I know um, in motherhood so. yeah we're still the age that Remy has no idea what the heck is going on and I don't need to worry about like hiding presents or anything they're just all like under the tree now I've been wrapping them as we've been getting them and they're all from like family anyways and he has enough so I'm like oh, I'm not getting you anything else because that enough kid <laughs> Yeah, so every time somebody ships us something, I wrap it up and I say who it's from. And so Mm -hmm. then it'll have, like, more things under the tree. But they're all the gifts from family, you know, family and friends. That You know, Mm -hmm. there's a couple things from us. And, you know, we don't really – we talk about Santa that that mommy and daddy are Santa. So um, we don't have to Mm -hmm. worry about, like, oh, what's Santa going to bring? Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I did want to say, so we do are doing (laughs) this advent calendar. And – it's awesome. It's not a food advent calendar. It's a Lego advent calendar. So every day she gets to make a mini Lego and it's a little ornament. And so she, it's been like really helping us get through the month really nicely because every day she has this little tiny little present to open. It takes her like 10, 15 minutes to build this Lego ornament and she loves it. And it's like helping her realize like, okay, like this is how many days we have left to Christmas. So she's not saying like, when's it going to be Christmas? When's it going to be Christmas? It's like every day, this is what she gets to do. And it's really fun. And I love that it's like play-based and a toy and it wasn't crazy expensive. And it's not like, hey, you get a piece of chocolate every day, which is okay too. But, um, you know, I'd rather the fun of the toys and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's really cool. I had no idea such a thing existed. I'm going to have to look into that once he's old enough. Yeah, there's um, Star Wars, there's <laughs> Lego City, and Lego Friends. There's nice. We did Lego Friends this year. I'm thinking we'll do Star Wars next year. Um, awesome. So, yeah. Let's talk about our topic for the week. And we are figured this would be a good kind of episode to follow up from our resolutions episode last week and we're going to talk about speaking up for yourself yeah I think so many resolutions like a good chunk of them don't get fulfilled because something else gets in our way and a lot of times the thing that gets in our way are things that if we spoke up for ourselves it just wouldn't get in the way anymore So I think this is such an important topic. It's really hard to make a resolution and be super committed to it um, if it's something that somehow other people can impact if you just aren't comfortable speaking up for yourself. So I have a few like areas I wanted to cover. I was like, oh, I have like, there's like so much to say about this, but yet I want to keep it pretty simple. But I felt like it was really hard to talk about it without just acknowledging the fact that our like entire social structure is really built around women not speaking up for themselves. Like 
that message is told to us in subtle ways or not so subtle ways, like probably like hundreds of times a day that we don't even realize or know about. Um, and that way it's just ingrained. So if you want to like look more into that, you know, just like look up the patriarchal structure. And I think some people hear like the patriarchy and it's all like this, like, oh, those crazy people or whatever. But it's like, no, when you read about it, it's like, that's just what our social structure is. It's not like some like radical idea. <laughs> um, but it's just really ma- based on like men being the dominant one, women being like the weaker sex. And that's like how it's been for like thousands of years. And that, and it hurts both genders. It's not like just hurts women because men are expected to be breadwinners and they're expected to have these, I mean, it's basically the traditional gender roles that we all are somewhat familiar with or really familiar with. And um, this just leads to women being seen as weaker, at least discrimination, harassment, like all pretty much our issues as women are because of this social structure that's been set up and is is hopefully slowly falling apart. I think it's in the past, you know, recently it's just been more recognized that it's an issue. And really in this system, the women that you see in power, the women that get respect are usually the ones who take on a lot of like male characteristics. Like they're super dominant, you know, they they do speak up for themselves. They, you know, just have these male characteristics and that's why they can get like respect. And obviously that's not true for everyone, which is what's awesome is that it's starting to happen where you can be respected as a woman and have very like feminist characteristics. And this by the way is all like whatever gender you um, identify in with. But um, yeah, so it's like, unless you're a woman kind of acting as a male, it's really hard to get respect. So if you're a woman who doesn't naturally act like a male or want to act like a male, then it's, you probably have a lot of trouble speaking up for yourself is what this is all leading up to. <laughs> um, and what I want to really also acknowledge is it is a skill. It is not a personality trait. It is not something you're born with. I mean, yes, some people might be like born with a little bit more like boldness or again, like they might be born with a more traditional like male characteristics or whatever, but like you can learn this skill to be in a way that feels really good to you. And the only way to learn it is to one, understand why it's so freaking hard. That is essential. I don't think you can learn it without that. Two, know it's gonna be freaking uncomfortable as you're learning it. There's no way around that. It's never just gonna feel easy. And three, just doing it and practicing it. And we will be talking about that more. So main reasons, kind of two big reasons that you're, well, actually the big, overarching reason that you're probably not speaking up minus the whole patriarchy thing is that you're just avoiding the discomfort of speaking up right it feels super uncomfortable so either you're avoiding your fear and your discomfort of what other people will think of you if you speak up or you're just fearing the consequences of the story you've made up if you speak up and those are really the two big things so we're we're fearful of what other people are going to think of us because again we've been told if you speak up as a woman like you're seen as like bossy or bitchy or assertive like right I mean we have all these like negative associations that are attached to it and that that's not going away anytime soon like that you're right that is there but it's this really temporary like oh someone 
someone in their mind thinks you're a bitch, like that's their problem. We'll talk about that piece a little bit more. But then the other one is that you're fearing the consequences. So if you speak up, like what's going to happen? What is that person going to think of me? If I speak up on my job, am I going to get fired? If I, you know, speak up at home, is my husband going to want to divorce you, you know, me? Like things like that. We just have all these stories that we make up of the consequences. And usually majority of the time, the stories we make up are way scarier than the reality. Like almost every time. I'd love to add, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is always a, like, a clear-cut story that we're making either. I think that some of it might be really on a subconscious level. Like, we're not exactly sure why we're speaking up. And, you know, examples that have been set for us from generations, you know, it may not be as clear-cut as, well, I don't want to say something because my husband might divorce me because that, you know, if that, that's the story, there may be some other things that we all, that, that you also may need to think about. But I think that a lot of it is at the subconscious level that we don't even realize that this is an area that we need to kind of open up and allow. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah, that, no, I think I'm glad you pointed it out that way. Cause there's still a story behind it. Right. So it's like, oh, well, I can't ask my husband to do the dishes because we like, again, this story is probably very subconsciously ingrained, but it's like, but I'm the woman, it's my responsibility. That's what my mom did. You know what I mean? It's like, we have these like deeply ingrained gender roles or like, I'm the one who's supposed to be doing the majority of like the child care. Like it's like, it, it's, we just second guess that. Um, even if logically you don't believe that, I just really want to add that in. Like, it's just this ingrained thing. That's that feeling of like, oh, we're supposed to be doing it all. Um, so what I really want to point out too is when we can speak up for ourselves, like the world becomes a better place. And, you know, when, when we're not speaking up for ourselves, it leads to like resentment, anger, frustration, feeling unloved, unwanted, like it just leads to all these negative feelings that we, we somehow forget about. And, you know, like we forget that it's like not speaking up that's leading to these things. Um, so it really honestly makes our lives easier, but more importantly, it makes the lives usually almost always of everyone else around you easier. Okay. So like looking at it from our family life first, because I think that's going to be something that most moms listening to this can relate to immediately is, is like a mom who does not speak up about being overloaded with, you know, childcare. They're the ones doing the majority of the baby work. They're the one who's waking up all night, you know, doing it. And then they have all the housework to do like that kind of situation, which is super common. Okay. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're upset that their husband's not helping out, but they're not speaking up about it because their story might be like, well, he's at work all day. He's bringing home the money, like I, whatever. And so what that's going to lead to is you being super resentful. Okay. You guys have poor communication between you. You're setting up a modeling an unhealthy relationship, frankly, for your child. So like, let's just put that out there. Like you're both of you are then start to feel that like, there's no way, like there's not just this like one-sided resentment. Like your husband can feel that. That means you're probably snipping at him at other times. Like maybe you guys are fighting more. Like, it leads to this miserable life for like everybody and not miserable, but like, you know, it can be pretty unhappy for everyone in a family. Whereas if you spoke up for yourself and, and we'll talk about kind of how to do that, but if you speak up from yourself in a way that's really feels authentic to you, 
then everyone is happier. Like your husband might not realize the stress you're under because you haven't told him. And frankly, he cannot read your mind. Nobody, we cannot read each other's minds. So, you know, if you speak up for yourself, maybe yes, it's temporarily really uncomfortable because you don't really quite know what the reaction is gonna be. It's a new skill you're learning. But then the aftermath is, you guys have this really great conversation and whatever it leads to, you're going to feel a whole lot better about getting your stuff out there. And hopefully it's leading to your husband then taking up some of the load. Right. And then everyone's happier. You guys are talking better. Your family's happier. You're happier. You have more time to do things that make you happier. Like your relationship is better. So like, it's, it's just good for everybody. <laughs> right. Um, do you want to add anything, Beth? No, I, um, this is like the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but it but it is. It's something that I personally am working on a lot and uh and we my husband and I've been trying to make this one of the hardest things I find is is finding the appropriate time to speak up for yourself and because there's times where I don't want to do it in the moment. You know, if you know, we're battling with the kid I, it's not necessarily appropriate for me to have this like heart to heart with my husband while we're trying to get the kid to bed. So sometimes it's like, well, do I say something now, a quick thing now, or do I say it later? And how much later do I wait so that I'm not dwelling on it? And so that's sort of a, a balance of kind of figuring out what works best for us and in our family. But I know that my husband wants me to speak up for myself. It's not, there is, there is absolutely not a stigma of, oh wait, you shouldn't, you, you can't say something. It's, you know, why aren't you telling me these things? It's, why didn't you tell me earlier? It's usually the response that I get when I do finally speak up for myself. So I, I find that that's one time, sometimes the biggest blocker is, okay, well, when's the right time to do it? Is it always in the moment? And if it is, how do I do it in the moment? That is such a great question. So no, I don't think in the moment, honestly, is always the best time. It might be, but honestly, I think it's probably when you're first learning the skill, I actually think in the moment is probably not the best time to do it. I actually think it's going to be better for you to take some time like that night, hopefully that you're not dwelling on it all day, but to take time to reflect on like, what was going on in that scenario that triggered me? What was my need? And, and let's like say, okay, if you're, you know, there's differences, right? So if you're like walking out the door and you're like holding the baby and you're holding the shopping bag and like you're doing all these things and your husband's like, do, 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 I'm like ch- checking the cell phone and just doesn't realize you're like carrying all this crap and isn't helping. Like, yeah, in the moment be like, hey, hon, can you grab one of these things? Like nothing's wrong with that, right? But, but if it's like a little bit of a larger issue or you're not quite sure what your, what you need is, you know, sometimes like in a moment you just feel overwhelmed and frustrated and it's like, I just need help, but you're not really sure what your like direct ask is. It's probably best to like take some time out and be like, okay, what was going on there? Why did I feel that way? Like what was leading to that overwhelm and what truly would have helped me in that scenario? Because sometimes it's not that scenario itself. It's like all this crap leading up to it. So when you're like thinking about it and you're like, okay, actually yeah, in that scenario, I wanted him to help with this and this, but like, that wasn't even why I was feeling frustrated. It's because like, I needed him to like have made these plans in the first place, or I don't know, I was just resentful that we were going somewhere that I didn't want to go. Like, you know, having these like band-aid fixes isn't really going to help it. 
Um, I think the other thing, the other issue of doing it in the moment is let's be real. Usually in the moment, if you haven't been speaking up for yourself, you're frustrated and kind of overwhelmed. So it starts to come out as this like, I'm right, you're wrong situation or like, you're not doing this. Like, why aren't you doing this? And it comes out as an attack. At least if you're anything like me, maybe not. But that's for me, it will 100% be an attack in the moment of like, what the hell are you doing? Comes up super aggressively. And ultimately, these are our husbands. This is our family. Like, we are a team. Like, I think sometimes you can get caught up in this like resentment of people that you're like, why shouldn't I attack him? He didn't see that this has happened. And it's like, this is your husband. Like, is that the relationship you want with him? Um, so yeah, it can be very degrading or mean spirited too. Like it can be like, how do you never notice this? Like, how did you not see I needed help? You know, and it's just these like personal attacks and that's not helpful. Right. And so that's gonna, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I, I think that we're the most comfortable with our spouses. So we allow ourselves to then Mm -hmm. kind of attack them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you feel like you do need to say something in the moment, the, my therapist, um, I was speaking with her yesterday, we were talking about kind of figuring out what my, my anxiety triggers were. And she was saying that I should say something right away, but it should be a reflection on how I'm feeling. So if I'm saying something, you know, I might say that was, tra- that was a traumatizing event for me. I don't need to sit, no, don't give feedback. Don't say like, you shouldn't do X, Y, or Z, but just like, I'm feeling traumatized for it. And this is, she's a, she's an older woman and she's like, I stole this for the teenagers. I just say, that wasn't cool. That's not cool. And like, just, just saying like, hey, this is the moment that I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling frustrated. And that's all you need in the moment. And then the other person can then reflect on it. And then you can come back and have the conversation. So if you are going to speak up in the moment, and I'm not opposed to it, but yes, you want to make sure that when you are speaking up in the moment that you're using an I and like um, an I statement and a reflection on your feelings. An I statement is not, I hate when you, okay? (laughs) This is like, I feel, and what are you feeling? What is the emotion that you're feeling right now in the moment? And then we can kind of figure it out later. Totally. Yeah, sorry. And I guess what I said kind of made it seem like you should just like keep your mouth shut in the moment. That's not what I meant. So I'm glad you said that, Beth. Yes, that's perfect. I love that. Um, So what I wanted to touch on next is like, okay, so yeah, like how do we speak up from our, you know, for ourselves without kind of feeling like inauthentic about it. And ultimately, I think, I don't know, at least maybe this is me. So you can speak to this uh, too, Beth. Um, But it's like, I sometimes have this association with speaking up for ourselves is going to like end up being mean, it's going to end up hurting the other person's feelings. It just like feels like this really scary thing to do. But the reality is, is it's possible to speak up from a place of just like, true, like, wanting to help, wanting to improve your relation, a true collaboration from a place of like empathy and caring. Like it can be from this very just good, good place. And it's not from this like bad place. (laughs) So when you're speaking up from that and when you can reflect on like, okay, like how is, you know, how can I make our relationship better? How can I like better both my life And when my life is better, ultimately, everyone's life is better. So you can even just put it that way. (laughs) If you need to to speak up for some new time, um, that still benefits everybody. And and it can be from this place of just like love, you know, not from a place of like, 
resentment and hate. So I think taking some, like reflecting on how can it be from this really good hearted place. And so you come out of this conversation feeling like stronger and lighter and better and not like, oh, I just hurt their feelings or, oh, that was bad. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like once you start doing it, once you start doing it more, you realize how cathartic it is afterwards. It's like, it, you almost feel like this like tension cloud in the house. And then all of a sudden, it's like you open the windows and it just floated away. And it just, mm-hmm. it's amazing once you start to do it. And yeah, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. And I stumble over my words. And I usually start by saying, I don't know how to say this, but... Um, which I'm working on that. I'm working on just saying it instead of prefacing it with this. It might come out wrong, but this is what I'm going with. It just, by the time we actually get down into the nitty gritty of it, it's so much better. Yeah. And I, I think the big thing is, is people usually just so appreciate when you speak up, like end of story, like almost every time it's going to come out really, really great. And as much as possible, like don't apologize for what you're asking for. At first, again, it's a skill. You might feel the need to, and that's totally cool. Just pay attention. You don't need to apologize for it, but, you know, it's probably, I, I definitely still do sometimes, and it's just like, why did I apologize? But whatever. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to share a story that I'm stealing from another life coach whose name is Susan Hyatt, who's fantastic. So this is her client's story, but it's just like such an awesome example. So this is like when we get to the more like job scenarios where it's like, no, well, if I speak up for myself, I might get fired type of situations. So she had a client who was so, she was a really high level like executive or something at her job. And she was so busy at her job. Her boss was demanding her to go to like every single meeting that she couldn't actually get her work done during the workday. So she had to take it home and then work for like another five hours at home. So she's working like 80, 90 hour weeks. And she was so busy during the day that she had a Tupperware container at her desk that she would pee in because she didn't have time to go to the bathroom. All right. So like, yeah, things had gotten clearly really, really out of hand. And so obviously working with Susan Hyatt, Susan's like, you got to speak up for yourself, dude. Like, this is completely ridiculous. She's like, you need to say, like, you're not going to half these meetings. Like, you're not taking work home. Like, you're definitely not peeing in a Tupperware container anymore. And, like, whatever. So this woman was terrified that she's just going to lose her job, right? Like, okay, well, I've been doing all these things. I'm going to get fired. She speaks up for herself, you know, says those. I don't think she mentioned the Tupperware container. But she says her, like, it's part of, like, I'm, I'm not taking work home. This is ridiculous. Her boss you know, she kind of walked out of the meeting and like her, she wasn't quite sure yet. And her boss came to her the next day was like, we got everything, gave her a promotion and basically like almost doubled her salary because he respected her. You know what I mean? He's like, clearly you, I don't know, deserve a higher position now because like, you're just that badass. And ultimately, yeah, there's probably situations like she could have gotten fired, but in that case, what the hell do you really want to work at a job where you're working 90 hours a week and peeing into Tupperware containers, you know, like, it's yeah, there are going to be situations where speaking of your up for yourself might feel like it backfires in the moment. But if you are speaking from an authentic place and speaking up for your needs and it's backfiring, then that person is probably not someone you want in your life or it's you know what I mean? Like there's probably something not great about that situation anyways. And then speaking up for yourself is going to reveal that. So but those are really rare, honestly, I think for the most part, like everyone, you're going to have a really positive experience of it. It just feels super uncomfortable. So expect it. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. My neighbor, uh, she grew up in Spain, and she was, they give about four months of paid maternity leave, which is amazing. But her company offered her to extend her leave, but, but come back part-time. So I think she took maybe three months of full leave, and then at that third month, like, came back working two or three days a week for, you know, I don't know, another two two or three months or something like that. When she came back, she was saying that she was given pretty much the same caseload that she was given when she was working a full 40 hours. And so what she, she said to her boss said, hey, you know, either lessen what I'm doing because I'm only here this many days a week or I'm going to take off the full month because it's not worth it for me to do the same amount of work in three days that I used to do in five. <laughs> and... Her saying that was, you know, and she had no qualms about saying that. And, and, you know, I do think that this is something that we struggle with a little bit more in the U.S. than in other countries and in other cultures. So for her, that was a no-brainer just to speak up and say, hey, you're giving me too much work. But I think thinking about, you know, coming back from maternity leave, the amount of work that you end up doing – you know, if you come back part-time, are you still doing your full-time job but only getting paid for part-time? That's something to really think about and speak up for yourself for. I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. If you are go, if you do go back to work after having kids or and, and, and you go at, a, at a, sh- a short amount of time, how much work are you really doing? Are you doing the same amount of work? Do you have the same amount of job? And if you do, are you getting paid the same amount? And are you okay with it? Because part of it's like, well, you know what? I don't want to just get paid more for the work. I want less work. Or it's okay, I'm okay doing this much work, but you better pay me the same amount. So it's something to really think about and be honest with yourself and realistic with what you're doing. Totally. That's that's so awesome that she could just like say that. I feel like so many women would have been like, myself included, probably being like, Oh, I'm just, you know, lucky to have my job. And you know, I'm lucky that I got that much maternity leave. But the reality is, is like, that's not fair, you know, and it's like, and it's not even about fair if you can't handle the workload for whatever reason, because I don't know, you just had a baby or you don't even need that reason. Like if the workload isn't appropriate, it's not appropriate for you. And ultimately, I think if it helps to think of like, especially in work scenarios of the other, like, of the other people involved, Sometimes it can like lessen that like, oh, I'm just like being selfish, you know, it's like, okay, ultimately, if you're doing more work than you can handle, you're gonna get burned out and probably quit at some point or do a crappy job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the reality. Some people can probably last for a lot longer and like tolerate that. But like, I wouldn't be able to I'd last like two months, I'd be like, I'm out. (laughs) But like, and then in that case, you're screwing your company over, you know, you're they're gonna have to replace you, they didn't see it coming, or you screw up and you make a big mistake that hurts them. Like, it's not to their advantage for you to not speak up for yourself either. Like if, if you want to do good work and be like a good employee, speaking up for yourself is essential. So maybe it helps to like, flip it that way and and see it from that light too. Yeah, I 100% agree. It costs companies a lot of money to hire. It's a a lot of a waste of money um, to hire new people, you know? So if, if you're worried about getting fired, know that it costs a lot of money to hire someone else. And to make you happy is probably a little bit cheaper um, mm-hmm. than having to train someone. And what if, you know, what if we train that person and then they don't work out? Then you've wasted all this money paying this person through training, all of that. So, you know, their, their first bet is not going to be to fire you. 
Yeah, and chances are if you care enough about your job that you're worried about that, you're a really good employee and they want you there. Like, end of story. If you care, like, you're probably a better employee than most people. Like, it's hard to find good employees. So, yeah, you're you're golden. Ask for what you want. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I think I think we covered it. Just, guys, it's a skill. It's a skill. It is going to feel uncomfortable. But it's going to be, it's like a temporary, like, we're talking like three minutes of discomfort for like hours and weeks or a lifetime of like increased happiness. It's such a good payoff. And if that's not motivation, think about teaching your children to do it. And Mm. they learn so much by example. That is how I get just about anything that's hard and uncomfortable for me. Okay, I don't want it to be hard and uncomfortable for my children to do. I love that. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about orthotics, both for kids and adults. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Beats of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.